where nobody knows your name is not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm Troy. And I'm James. And today, we're going to be talking about episode 10 of season 6, A Kiss is Still a Kiss. This aired on the 3rd of December, 1987. It was directed by James Burroughs and written by David Lloyd. 3rd of December, James. What's what's special about that day? Ozzy's birthday. Is it actually? Yeah. Oh, you got the same birthday as Ozzy Osbourne? I do, yeah, yeah. Outstanding. Facts right off the bat. Right off the bat. That's delightful, that is. Good stuff. She just jump straight into the cold open. Harry the Hat enters the bar. Harry's back. Oh, Harry is a, is a notorious flim-flam. He's a, he's a man about town. He- a flim-flam? <laughs> uh, that's the, what they said. I think it's an 80s Boston term for <laughs> cheat. <laughs> Scoundrel. Crook. Scoundrel. Crook. Con man. Nah, no, you, uh, you don't mess with Harry. You don't turn right. your back on the old Lone Ranger. And you don't... You don't <laughs> Everyone seems quite surprised to see him. Is this the first time in a, a wee while that we've we've seen Harry? I mean, straight away, for any new viewers of Harry, you know exactly who he is. They ask, oh, Harry, how long have you been away? And he says, two to ten, with good behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls out a wad of cash... And instantly, everyone is very suspicious of him. Woody behind the bar says that I think he needs some change. With this wad of cash, he offers to give some change. But as soon as that happens, Cliff and Norm, as I say, instantly suspicious, decide to come around from their usual perch at the other end of the bar to stand next to Harry, just to keep a close eye on him to make sure that he's not getting away of any nonsense. They put their wallets and watches in a safe box before they go to talk to him. Harry seems like a real character. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, Woody and Harry haven't met before. And I see. Harry probably went, oh, I see you've got a naive young mm-hmm. farm boy. Take advantage. Yeah. That- <laughs> How much could I swindle this young, naive new barman for? Swindle like a pig boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he runs him out, doesn't he? He does. Um, so as he's cutting out the change, he's then kind of like inciting conversation with Cliff and Norm, which every time he does so kind of adds on another 10, 15 to what he's counting out. He's clearly not putting as much down as he's making out. He sneaks numbers into conversation. Okay, you got 50 bucks. Here's one, two, three, four, five. Norm, what time is it? 11. 11, hmm? 12, 13, 14. See, my watch must be fast. I got 11.25. 26, 27, 28. Cliff, you have not aged a day. How old are you? Well, it's 39. 39. 40, 41, 42. Wait. You can't be that old. When were you born? 47. 48, 49, 50. There you go, Barkeep. Thank you. Good to see you, guys. Yeah. yeah. Walks off. Sam says, who's that? That that guy coming back into our bar. What did he want? Just a beer. Oh, Just a beer. And then the penny drops and realizes, yep, swindled you again. Classic Harry. Classic Harry. <laughs> I missed Harry. It's, it's good that we saw him. So into the main episode, Norm enters the bar. He's asked how life is treating him. And he says it's not treating him, but Sam can treat him if he wants. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. Oh, you minx. <laughs> Sam can't know because he's broken, apparently. His, his yacht has been stolen. He crashed it. But this is apparently the 15th, 16th, 17th time he's told this story. Yeah, he goes on about <laughs> it, don't you, Sam? <laughs> Turns out that Cliff is staying with Norm. Uh, at this time. And Norm tells him that he needs to be less tidy because Vera then has nothing to do except 
spend time with him, which he clearly doesn't want and hates. Spending time with my wife? Why? <laughs> Who'd have thought Cliff would be so tidy, though? Although I suppose working for the the postal service, you've got to be tidy and organised. And Yeah, I can imagine Cliff being tidy because he always wears the uniform, never out of uniform. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, he also loves the meatloaf. And I don't know whether this was meatloaf he cooked himself or what the Petersons cooked, but he, he loved it. Yeah. Have you tried meatloaf before? Yeah. You have? Yeah. What is meatloaf? It's exactly what it sounds like. Just a loaf of meat. You know, you know mince meat. Yes, I know it well. <laughs> Imagine that, but um, in a loaf. Yeah, packed like really tightly. So obviously, mince meat. You know, you kind of make burgers with egg and make it into that oh, shape. Oh, okay. It's, 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 yeah, so they tried out that. a bit, so it's more of a solid. Yeah. Thing. See, I've done that before when I made like what's called like a, a fake away, making food like takeaways, but at home. And a hell of a lot less calories. And I made uh, a doner kebab at home, but it was made very much in the same way as what you've just explained, like a meatloaf. So you used a silicon baking loaf tray and minced beef, breadcrumbs, herbs, spices, etc. You kind of mash it all together. You can do it in a food processor and you put it into the silicon loaf tin. And you pop that in the oven. You can do it in an oven or you can wrap it in tin foil and you can do it in a slow cooker, four to six hours. And you can make your own doner kebab. But it kind of sounds like the same principle as meatloaf. Now we're talking. Well, that I think that has to be a house special. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to the episode. Fraser then comes into the bar and is ticked off, really peeved, and immediately demands a drink. And then it transpires once he's sat down. He's questioned about why he's feeling in the mood that he's in. Uh, is that one of his latest papers that he's written has been attacked by a colleague. How dare they? How very dare they? So yeah, he's he's not happy. And this this is isn't the first instance in this episode where uh Dr. Crane is unhappy or disgruntled with something. Uh however, Evan Drake walks into the bar. The one and only Evan Drake, the man we've heard a lot of but never seen. He's in the shadows, controlling Rebecca from a distance. Like the puppet master. Like a master of puppets, Metallica went, Ooh, I love cheers. Ooh, I've write a song about it. This was called Master of Puppets. It's about Evan Drake. That's what they, that's what they say every time they perform it. Yeah, yeah, that's fact. What do you mean you ain't watched Cheers? Come on, son. <laughs> Evan Drake, played by the one and only Tom Skerritt. He also appeared in The Real McCoys, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, My Three Sons, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, The Time Tunnel, MASH, Hawaii Five-O, Harold and Maud, The FBI, Gunsmoke, Bonanza, Thieves Like Us, Kolchak, The Night Stalker, Beretta, Alien, The Dead Zone, Top Gun, The Twilight Zone, Poltergeist 2, Steel Magnolias, Contact, Will and Grace, The West Wing, The Velveteen Rabbit, Ted, The Good Wife, Madam Secretary, and many others. He's in Top Gun. He is in Top Gun. He plays the instructor at the at the school. Viper, because that's another one of many, many cool names within the Top Gun franchise. He's in Alien. He plays Dallas in Alien. He also does the voice of that same character in Alien Isolation, the video game, which is cool. We'll go into it more, why they chose this uh, character specifically. But it's fair to say right from the beginning, he's one smooth-talking, powerful mother. Smooth (laughs) criminal. He he can convey power with a look. He can, yeah, just sharp-dressed man, steely look. Yeah. Mustache. Yeah. We know what he's all about. We, of course, have Harry Anderson as Harry the Hat and Tom Omer as assistant number one, one of uh, 
Evan Drake's assistants, he also appeared in Dynasty, The Young and the Restless, Murder, She Wrote, Melrose Place, Monk, Charlie Wilson's War, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Criminal Minds, Lie to Me, Days of Our Lives, and many more. Christian Jules LeBlanc, as assistant number two, he also appeared in In the Heat of the Night, Diagnosis Murder, As the World Turns, The Young and the Restless, and many others. Philip Pillman is uncredited as Phil, and Al Rosen is uncredited as Al. Evan Drake walks into the bar, and as you say, this is the first physical appearance we've seen of him. It's someone we've been made very aware of um, throughout uh, this season. Uh, it's someone that Rebecca clearly has a, a liking towards, uh, and as Sam puts it, holds a torch for. Um, and this is the first time we see him. Evan, is this your torch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's evident that Rebecca likes him. He comes into the bar, and he uh, he asks for a 20-year-old scotch. And uh, Sam says they don't have that, but they do have some old pretzels that have been about for a while. Maybe not 20 years, but... Do you drink scotch? Do you like scotch? I don't drink it often. No? No. I drink it when I'm with my dad and my brother-in-law, because they drink whiskey fairly often. I do love whiskey. I am a big fan of whiskey. I liked a Royal Loch Nagar. It's a, okay. it's a scotch I bought. It's a blended scotch. Nice. It's got five different, five different blends in it. Oh, very nice. That sounds right up my alley. Yeah, if you go near my where my parents live in Scotland, if you go an hour in any direction, there's a castle or a whiskey distillery. Oh, that's the dream. That's the dream. What about a scotch pie? Oh, that's an interesting one. It's just gravy in a, in a, in a pastry. Gravy, pastry, and meat. Far flung from a moon pie. <laughs> it's a very, very different pie. You may have a moon pie afterwards, though. I'm sure that would go down the treat. Anyway, he asked for a 20-year-old scotch. He's told that they don't have that. However, they do have some pretzels that have been about for a while. Then Sam starts to tell Evan a story of a time when someone walked in on, on him naked. I can't remember the exact context as to why he goes into that story. There was very little context. Evan <laughs> uh, Drake goes, so Sam, uh, tell me about your Red Sox days. And Sam goes, well, Evan, I'd love to. You know when you're naked. And then that was it. So we'll just throw that in. You know when you're naked, Evan? Yes, Sam, I've been naked before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this has happened to me once or twice. They're both fine with it, and I don't know whether th- that was what male bonding was like in the 80s, but I've never... That's never been... If I've gone out, and I've had a beer, or not necessarily, but if I've gone out, and I've socialised with people, that has never been my opening gambit. Have you ever been naked? I think I'd use it just to see who says no. I mean, it's it's a true icebreaker, isn't it? <laughs> ice, ice is just smithereens. <laughs> Rebecca comes in, however, while Sam and Evan are talking, and she's clearly very excited to see Mr. Drake. She says, don't look at me. Close your eyes. I'll be back in a moment. Doesn't want to be seen in the state that she's in. She's, she's in a greasy state because she, she's fixing a flat tire. Yeah, she comes in, runs off, goes to go and get changed, uh, or rather kind of sort her hair out, dollop and whatnot. Uh, meanwhile, while she's doing that, uh, Evan tells Sam that a lot of the guys that she works with think that she's not interested in men and they believe that she's a lesbian. A lady's lady. A lady's lady. <laughs> we can't use the term lesbian. It's only 1987. <laughs> Different time. He believes this because... Any time that she's been asked out on a date by one of his co-workers, she's refused to. Of course, he doesn't understand why she's refused to, uh, because she only has eyes for him. But as you say, they don't believe that she's, uh, they think she's a lady's lady. Yeah, she uh, she's lost that love and feeling. <laughs> Stop it now. 
<laughs> I've got a Top Gun references. <laughs> of course you are. Why not? I mean, we've already mentioned it in, in a bit of the in the cast. But yeah, that happens. However, she's invited to a, a party, a dinner party, a black tie party. And Sam then goes on to explain that to her that they think uh, that she is interested in women because of her turning down every day offer in the office. Enver Drake does something which is something I've seen in a lot of British comedies, which is the awkwardness in how he phrases. He went, you can bring a date or companion. Or companion. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it felt like a very David Brent office moment. <laughs> the David Brent being the um, British equivalent of Michael Scott. Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, yeah. So yeah, she's uh, she's invited to this party. She needs to now find a date for it. Sam explains the whole thing, and now she is in search of a suitable man to take her to this party. A little later on, Dr. Crane, uh, Fraser comes into the bar because his day wasn't going bad enough with a, a colleague shooting down his paper. Um, he's now got a chronic case of the hiccups, and I've I've had an awful case of the hiccups many many times and it's not nice it's extremely painful there are some bizarre solutions they suggest the first solution which i thought makes a lot of sense is frazier holding his nose while drinking water to stop air flow yeah that makes sense that the way he went about it though looked quite convoluted like surely you can use one hand to hold your nose the other hand to hold the glass yeah he was on the doing some kind of weird interpretive I'm not Dunst. sure what it was. It was nah. very odd. And, uh, and Norm just tries waterboarding him. Yeah, because, you know, that's worked in the past. Successful waterboarding would remove hiccups. It's just it's an overreaction. It's just... <laughs> I'm sure there are slightly less harsh ways to get rid of it. Maybe try holding your breath. Bullets also remove hiccups, but it's a bit bit far. <laughs> it's an extreme. It's a reach. I often find that holding my breath for an extended amount of time gets rid of hiccups. Or downing a pint of water whilst holding your breath. And Carla goes, just put a bag over your head. And Fraser's like, Carla, stop calling me ugly. And she's like, no, no, it works. <laughs> so for the first half, first act, he's uh, trying not to wear a bag over his head. And eventually he goes, fine, walks off. Gives into it. Cliff goes, uh, you know, I've heard that uh, putting a whole lemon in your mouth can also fix the hiccups. And Norm goes, you can't fit a whole lemon in your mouth. So while all this is going on, Rebecca's looking for a good suitor. And she looks around the bar, sees two beer-guzzling men with full lemons in their mouth, and a supposedly renowned psychiatrist walking around with a bag over his head. (laughs) I've got a little bit of trivia, actually, on that moment with the lemon stuck in the mouth. So at one point, at that point, rather, in the episode, George Wentz's character gets the lemon stuck in his mouth. Five years prior to this, during a brief appearance in an episode of MASH called Trick or Treatment, he gets a bar billiard stuck in his mouth. I think I remember that episode. Specifically season 11, uh, episode two. MASH went on for a long time, didn't it? It did, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) George, you can fit things in your mouth. Sorry. What did you say? You ever been naked, George? What? What? <laughs> you, you ever been in a Turkish prison, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> so after that suggestion of putting the lemons in the mouth to cure the hiccups, Rebecca finds a note in the back office uh, from a phone call that Woody took. Oh yeah, because she's like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be with Sam. I'll think of my own solutions. Yeah, she's adamant that she has 
many, many possible suitors to take to this. Uh, and she mentions some of them by name earlier. Some of them are models. Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre being one of them. She, apparently she's, she has a, a wealth of, of gentlemen to choose from to escort her to this party. However... Escort being the key word. Yes, escort being the key word. Yeah, the note left uh, for her to read, uh, written by Woody, was from a phone call earlier, from the escort agency. Woody, what's this message? Urgency, Woody. Oh, right. Uh, Ryan from the escort service called, said there was a mistake in the booking, couldn't make it tonight. Said to be discreet about it, that's why I wrote the note that way. Sam takes the opportunity to go, you couldn't even get a date from an escort service. <laughs> <laughs> she says it's fine. There's plenty of other people stood at this bar that I could go a date, or go on a date with. The camera pans around. We see Norman Cliff with lemons in their mouth. Definitely not those two. And then we see Frasier, Dr. Crane, come out of the toilet with a bag over his head in his attempt to try and cure the hiccups. <laughs> nah. She could have considered Woody. He's a catch. He's $400 worth of catch. $400 worth of pork catch is what Woody is. That sounds, in, like, a, that sounds in, like a euphemism for... Uh, in his own words. Not mine. His own words. <laughs> she goes with the... Uh, $2,000 option. She goes with the two that she goes with the big dollar option. She goes with the big bucks. Big Sam Malone. He's already there in his tux, ready to go, knowing that Rebecca would eventually choose him to go with. Because Sam knows that Rebecca likes Evan Drake. He's yeah. hoping she's interested in Sam, but he knows she's interested in Evan Drake. So, you know, he'll be her wingman for now. That was a, another sneaky Top Gun reference oh, there. I got it. I chose not to acknowledge it. <laughs> These kind of things are beneath me. <laughs> so at the party, Rebecca is drinking and she's clearly very nervous. Uh, she wants to make her feelings known to Evan, but she's not sure how to. She doesn't know if Evan has a wife, a partner, a girlfriend. Sam suggests kind of practicing with him how she can tell Evan her feelings. So they sit opposite each other. I hope you like sleaze, Rebecca. Sleaze and blurts out his name quite loudly. And Sam says, no, no, no. I'd like to say it romantically. Uh, and she says it. And Sam suggests maybe you should put a hand on the leg. That's that's a sign of affection. That's that's what gentlemen like to see. She doesn't do that, of course. And she decides, actually, I can't do this. Sam, can you go over and speak to him and find out his marital status? So he does. He goes over to the bar. Make it subtle, Sam. Make it subtle. So he goes over to the bar, orders another drink. Whilst he's doing that, he turns to Evan and says, who are you here with? You know, is, is this your, your lovely wife? And he says, no, actually, we're separated. She's on holiday. Bora Bora. In Bora Bora. Mm. And so mission accomplished for Sam. He's found out the status. He can go back. He can tell Rebecca and uh, explains to her that Evan has a wife. They're separated. And then she goes on to explain that she hasn't dated anyone for two years. Ooh, that's a dry spell. I mean, in the pandemic, we've... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been there. <laughs> we've been there. We've, we've all, well, some of us, more so than others. But yeah, it's a difficult time. Difficult to two years. No dating, no nothing. She, you know, she says she's she's still nervous about telling Evan about how she feels. And Sam says, you need to seize the moment. He's there. We're here. You've had a drink. You've got a bit of Dutch courage. His wife's away. They're separated. Go over and tell him. Seize the moment. She feels the need. The need to cease. The need to cease. <laughs> so uh, she walks over. She does. She seizes the moment. She goes over to she Evan. She seizes more than the moment, doesn't she? She seizes everything. 
the room. Uh, and she she throws herself at Evan. Grab the bull by the horns is what grab, she's... Grab the, the Evan by the horns. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was terrible. I apologise. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. I was on the spot. <laughs> Drake, is a, Drake is a male duck, isn't it? Is it now? Yeah, she's going over there and ruffling his feathers a little. Oh, I thought Drake was a m- mediocre Canadian rapper. That's all I mean is also that. It can be two things. <laughs> so yeah, she throws herself at Drake. He doesn't like it. He's not into it. I don't like he, it, Rebecca. I don't like it. Get off me. Uh, and he, he's, he comes across quite angry. He's enraged. He's disgusted that she would do such a thing in front of, I guess, his colleagues, peers, co-workers, friends, etc., and asks her to leave. And she is absolutely distraught and blame Sam for telling her to seize the moment and to go over and express the feelings. However, he says, Come, Hey, don't blame me. I told you to talk to the guy, not inhale his gum. I couldn't help myself. So we go back to the bar and Norm's wife has called, but wants to speak to Cliff, not Norm, because of course she doesn't want to speak to Don't to want to Norm. speak to you, Norm. Come on. Nah. Uh, and she's asking for tips uh, on uh, a recipe for a cake. <laughs> Boy, she's, she's done it wrong right at the start. <laughs> she's, She's done it wrong. She's she substituted water for vinegar, apparently, which I, I don't know what kind of cake you're making that requires vinegar. Uh, but yeah, she's she's really fluffed it or probably hasn't fluffed it as she's put vinegar in. Anyway, Cliff is giving her tips for that and uh, offers to go and help. Rebecca comes back into the bar, clearly still terribly upset after being thrown out of the party and having her uh, feelings rejected by Evan. And she's now worried that she's going to be fired from her job. Her and Sam go into the back room and they talk about this. Meanwhile, Evan comes into the bar. Woody comes into the back office, explains that Evan has arrived. Sam asks Woody if he can stall a little bit. <laughs> Meaning, can he stall Evan? Yeah, we didn't, Woody doesn't understand that. Doesn't understand that because Woody, Woody's wholesome and Woody's innocent. And Woody <laughs> thinks, I need to stall you guys. So he just stands with... He's head in the door and just talks nonsense. You know, in high school, I enjoyed... <laughs> not us, Woody. Him, him, not us. Him, out there, boy. Come on. Okay, sure, Sam. Would it have killed you to be a little more specific? <laughs> Sam, however, comes up with an excuse, a way that Rebecca can potentially get out of it. Sort of goes on to say, you know, the reason that she showed that level of affection towards Evan was to try and get back at Sam for an argument that they'd had and was pretending that they were a couple together and that she was doing it to kind of prove a point and to to get a reaction out of Sam. Sam goes out and speaks to Evan and it turns out that Evan overreacted. He admits he overreacted and he's there to apologise to Rebecca. Sam, of course, doesn't want to tell Rebecca this, goes in, makes up some elaborate story, but as they're then embracing in a kiss, after she says something along the lines of, I would never pretend to be with you, I wouldn't kiss you, etc., etc. Door bursts open. It's Evan. He's there to apologize. And she automatically embraces Sam and he's there to say sorry. Obviously, Sam hasn't told her that that's what he's there for. And then the realization kicks in that that is what he's there for. And she apolog- he apologizes to her. Sam tries to mosey out of there quickly, though. Because mm. Rebecca's onto him now. Like a rat from a sinking ship. Yes. Exactly that. Because Sam is a dirty, dirty rat. Yeah, sleazy, sleazy. Sleazy, sleazeball rat. Get out of here. That happens. He chases her out, or rather, he follows him out, and Rebecca tries to chase Sam. 
to get an explanation as to why he didn't tell her that everyone was there to apologise. I have a big theory because the casting of Tom Skerritt, he's clearly displays power and authority, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Both in Top Gun and Cheers and a lot of the other roles he's been in. But I have a theory as to why he was cast as Evan Drake. Okay. It's a theory of characterization, right? We know that Rebecca is attracted to money and power. We know this mm-hmm. about her character. We also, in season six, episode six, Rebecca revealed that her father was in the Navy. Tom Skerritt, as you said, was well known for playing Viper in Top Gun, which is about naval pilots. It is. I think, and this is me playing my psychiatry hat here, I think that Rebecca got daddy issues and is projecting this onto this boss of hers because Tom Skerritt was known as this uh, powerful, sexy Navy pilot in Top Gun. I like your theory. Yeah. It checks out. It works. <laughs> it does work. It does work. Another interesting fact is that uh, Rebecca comes in and as she's coming in, she hits the jukebox in anger, which plays Hello, Young Lovers by Nancy Wilson, which is a, <laughs> oh unfortunate song to hear. It is an unfortunate song to hear. I mean, depending on the situation, yeah, it's not a bad song, but in that moment, it's no, probably it's, the last thing you want to hear. Yeah, it's the something-something it's danger zone. Big Kenny. Back to the closing scene of this episode. Sam thinks that Rebecca has genuine feelings for him. And she says, nope, it's all an act. I can I can do that to anyone. You can't fake that passion, Rebecca. She said, you can't fake that passion. She said, well, I can. Dr. Crane walks in. She throws him down on the table. Like he's a mannequin. <laughs> like he's a mannequin and invokes that exact same level of passion. Fraser <laughs> gets well into it, though. Ooh. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. Well, I'll be honest, I don't think he had much say in the matter. <laughs> didn't have much say, didn't have much regret. No. <laughs> didn't cure his hiccups, though. No, did not cure his hiccups. Hiccups as soon as she cuts back up off the table. So, yeah, I mean, hiccups forever. Hiccups for life. Is that the trivia? It is the trivia. I hear a trivia calling. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. All right, I'll do one of my questions first. This is a question of attention to detail and quick maths. Oh, well, I mean, both of those are my weak points. So go on. (laughs) How much money did Harry actually put down? In the cold open. Oh. Not the amount he said, the amount of dollar bills he laid on the table. 18. You know, I'll give you a point for that because it's a difficult question. It was 17. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's, I'm, like, <laughs> that's close enough given how difficult the question was. Good job. Good job. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm going to take a point for it. I know points don't matter on this. I know it's not a real quiz, but I like points. Points win prizes. Mine's probably fairly easy. When Evan walks in, and he asks for a scotch. How old is the scotch that he requests? 20. That's correct. 20 years old. Indeed. Do you have any aged liquor? At the moment, no. Uh, apart from a rum, but rum's not really aged. But however, the rum that I have is one of those ones that's put in a whiskey barrel. And it's in like a 10-year cask whiskey one, which is very nice. But no, at the moment, I haven't got any whiskeys in, in stock, if you like. However, I will be buying some this weekend uh, for a barbecue I'm going to. So 
I have an eight-year-old rum, much the same as, as what you described, aged through barrels. Nice. We like our rum, don't we, Troy? We do like our rum. <laughs> we do. Rums or whiskies, either or. I don't drink beer so much anymore. I do enjoy a beer. Always whiskey. More often than not whiskey. I've got another question here. What is the name of the escort which jilted Rebecca? Oh, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Right. Thanks. I was expecting a fancier name like Xavier. <laughs> Juan Pablo. Uh, Antonio, the, the escort. <laughs> Cristiano. I don't know. Right, I'll stop now. That's a good escort name. Cristiano. Mm. Fabrizio. I'm just going continental with these because yeah, yeah. you said Jean-Pierre or whatever it was earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's last call. We've decided how special, haven't we? We have. I say meatloaf. It's not meatloaf. It's going to be kebab. Kebab loaf. Kebab loaf. Homemade kebab. Fake away kebab. That's a good one. I like that. Do check out our Patreon where we've got plenty of more spicy recipes for you, as well as bonus episodes and the chance to appear in one of your own. We've got a bonus episode in the pipeline. I won't tell you what it is, but it's got a seasonal flair. Love flares. Love a seasonal flair. I just love flares. Thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Mm-hmm.